Today's episode is brought to you by Old Press Records, a label with releases from bands like Stay Inside, You'll Live, and Dream Well, whose newest album, Modern Grotesque, is now available on vinyl at www.oldpressrecords.com. Welcome to Everything Remade, a podcast that I hope is about growth as much as it is about music. I'm Edie Quinn, and I'd like you to hear something. You're hearing The Device by The Vast, featuring my pal A.J. Hofstetter on guitar and vocals. The song appears on their debut album, This City is Sinking, which in a way was 16 years in the making. My parents took us to Florida when I was real young, and we slept in the car uh, on the way there. Um, and then, like, I remember, like, waking up and then being like, there's the ocean. And it was, we could see it and the waves coming in. And, um, yeah, so that's probably, that's definitely, that's the, that's the good earliest childhood memory I can remember. And then the other one, the earliest thing I can remember was uh, my eyes got swelled shut by uh, some poison ivy. Oh, we, live next, we, we live next door to some woods and um, they were basically, I mean, it was, they were clear cutting it all to build a new neighborhood there. And, um, they, the, when they came in and knocked over the trees and stuff and they, you know, they were burning lots of limbs and stuff and there was poison ivy on it. And so it was like in the air and, uh, it swelled my eyes shut and like, yeah, it was kind of crazy. I couldn't see anything. I told, I don't remember it, but my mom said I told my grandma that someone snuck in the house and glued my eyes shut. Oh my goodness. And then, uh, yeah. And then like they, she put, uh, chlorine tabs like in a in the bathtub because i guess chlorine you know from a pool actually helps uh it help it actually helps smother poison ivy if you get huh. it like real bad so like swimming is a is a good activity if you get poison ivy huh. um but yeah so yeah. she did that but she was i think the tablet was strong because i remember dry heaving a bunch while i was in there too <laughs> oh my goodness but yeah yeah i don't know i, I made it out but yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, that Maybe happened to me show. once, actually. Like, uh, my eyes were, like, all swelled shut. But, like, um, I think that happened to me more than once because I was, like, I just, when I got poison ivy, it was just bad. And um, Yeah. But the, the one time that was, like, most traumatic or whatever was I had to go, I actually had to go to the ER or whatever because it was so bad. It, it Like, I was, I couldn't breathe. And they had to, like... I don't know, you know, just give me some kind of anti-allergen or something, like some kind of shot, because I couldn't, I was swelled up, like I, I couldn't even breathe. And uh, yeah, I don't know, my mom used to say like, 
you know, I like I could just think about it and get poison ivy, you know, and and uh, I always felt like <laughs> that was probably true, you know. You're, yeah, you're just so, very contagious to it, I guess. Yeah, you know? I just super allergic to it, but um, yeah, that's that's wild. Um, you know, it's I I haven't had it in a while, but I'm suspecting that with where we live now, everybody's gonna have it once the weather gets nice again because my kids just like to go back in this ravine that's in my backyard and they're yeah. just going to be dragging all this in. And Yeah, I mean, one way to help fight it if, if they can tolerate it is pants, you know, in the, in the even though in the summer or whatever, if you're yeah, going to go in, sure. you know, like or like longer sleeves if it's possible, you know, yeah. kind of keep, keep the oils off your skin, but yeah. For sure. Yeah, it's it's it. It also does suck, obviously, when it gets hot. I don't know how hot we're or where exactly where you're at, and you know now or whatnot. But yeah, um, yeah, it, here it gets like really miserably humid hot in the summer. Mm-hmm. So it's just everything's just sticky and gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're like you got all that water around you too, so it's like yeah, that definitely is like that. Um, you said you were you you like lived by the woods. Yeah. And then they were like clearing it out. So yeah, they were like basically making a new neighborhood there. You know what I mean? Like I lived in an area, like, um, I grew up like out in the County and like, it was like at a time where, you know, the whole time we were growing up, you know, you just saw more and more like wooded areas get, you know, cut down for more houses, Mm. big, big housing boom out there. Like while I was growing up basically. Yeah. What's that like now? So is it just like oh it's insane there's like a like almost like a super highway going through it oh um, wow it's kind of crazy it's uh i don't know it's it's i mean there's a lot of people out that way that's yeah. for sure um it's funny my sister actually uh the place where she ended up settling uh she lives in north carolina in charlotte and the area she picked it was because it reminded her of like where we grew up before it got like crazy huge yeah so yeah, yeah. so the things that she liked about it basically. So, yeah. Yeah. The area where I grew up in Florida is, is like that. Like every time I go back, there's more, you're like, I mean, it's, it's wild. Like there's this development on this, um, shoreline now that's happening. And it's like, you used to be able to go onto this bridge and just see this whole shoreline. And now it's just going to be like stupid fucking hotels and shit, you know? And it's like, I don't know, you know, it's just like at some point, it feels like you got to be like, no, but you know, that's yeah, that's the way the world works. I mean, yeah, they just keep building. I mean, and it's crazy too. Cause I work in construction funny enough. So yeah, so you're like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, that's like how I feed my family, but yeah. still, yeah, I get it. Like yeah. past a point it's like, holy crap. Yeah. Well, there's um, like, it, there's, there's, there's like what, there's like, what's, necessary and then there's like what's just like exuberance you know yeah but like, sure, you're, sure you're not in charge of that you're just like no like, i'm not i'm just i'm just a pawn in, in the game <laughs> yeah i clock in and do my bit you know yeah for sure yeah sure sure um so when you were growing up uh out in the like in the in the woods and all that like um did your did your folks listen to a lot of music around the house or um, um well, okay. So real quick, let me, let me clarify one thing. We didn't like live in the woods, like where our neighborhood was, we lived right on the edge of like 
I don't know how many acres of woods, but it was a bunch. Like I remember being able to like literally go out and go down, but it was like definitely the suburbs too. You know, I just want to clarify that. I didn't look like in the woods, but there was like woods, like literally like right next door and you could like walk in and it went like downhill really far to a Creek. And then like when we were kids that my parents used to say, don't go past this Creek, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, so that was the, the point of, you know, we don't go past that. But then, uh, Later on, when they turned that all into a neighborhood, you realized how how much further those woods would have went, or what you know what I mean. To, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm sorry, I already slipped out of what the question was. I <laughs> no, I just, about. Um, yeah, I mean, I I wasn't assuming that you were like a log cabin in the middle of the yeah. woods. I, I was kind <laughs> yeah, of sure. getting what you were picking, sure. you know, putting down. I was, yeah, but yeah. yeah um, did your folks listen to a lot of music around the house? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, you know, my dad always had like music going in the garage. He did auto body, um, for a little, like, you know, fix broken people's wrecked cars. Mm -hmm. So he, he always had his music going like in the kind of in the garage type deal. Like, and it was like his radio never really turned off. He just left it kind of, you know what I mean? It was Mm -hmm. just always kind of going and then maybe he would turn it off like at night. But, uh, yeah, it was just one of those things. And then my mom always was more music in the car mm-hmm. so yeah um and they like my mom liked oldies you know mm-hmm. which now it's weird because now the stuff that my dad liked would probably be considered oldies yeah, right. now too i don't know right. but yeah he was a little more hip he was into like more like like you know harder rock type stuff um but yeah not not anything like super super aggressive yeah. i think the maybe the most aggressive he got was like maybe like metallica or something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, um, yeah. What you the the whole garage thing it totally reminds me of like the way that it always was at my uncle's house. And it was like there was like a, a work. There was a like a, a you know one of the big like nice like tool cabinet things, and then there was like a workout bench, you know, and nice, there was yeah. like the the stereo, and it was like always on, just playing like the rock station or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, what's funny is today and on construction sites, that same station (laughs) is is still on on like construction sites today. And they have, I'm pretty sure they've never played one single new song. Like the whole time I've like been in existence. Like, I think it's all the same, just the same like old rock songs that everybody's heard like thousands and thousands of times at this point in your life. Yeah. It's like, you know, it was it, it, when they were playing like appetite songs from appetite for destruction it was like cutting edge at the time but now it's just still appetite for destruction and it's like <laughs> you're like okay yeah. uh, all right i get it uh, yeah sure <laughs> yeah um did you resonate with like music from an early age or were you more interested in other things like as a kid I, 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 um, I remember liking fishing a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, you know, I played baseball and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think I got more into music, like, like late grade school, uh, early, you know, there and into middle school really. And then that, and then, yeah. So what were the bands um, that like made that? Like, oh man, let's see. Cause you're talking like it was like in the nineties there. So Mm -hmm. man, it's, there's some embarrassing choices in there for sure, but I (laughs) guess we'll go for it. Um, 
I mean, I remember, um, I remember really liking Green Day. It's probably like one of the first bands I really got into, you know, mm-hmm. Dookie came out or mm-hmm. whatever. And, um, you know, all the kids at school just freaking loved it. And I got into it and I was like, yeah, this is pretty cool. And then, you know, everything, I feel like a lot of bands like that, like, even though it's not really my thing, obviously now, but like in a weird way, I call them like gateway bands or something. Yeah, for sure. Cause it's like, you get into something like that and then you start digging deeper or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, like that was one of them. Um, I mean, I remember really liking like nine inch nails, Marilyn Manson, mm-hmm. um, Pantera, which is actually funny because they're kind of that's kind of really embarrassing to admit now. They're kind of, I don't know, it's yeah. just kind of like, man, this is like kind of rednecky, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think for, for that, it was more because I liked like, you know, metal type stuff too. Um, a friend of mine got me into Slayer pretty early. So also kind of weird to admit, you know, because like, yeah, their riffs were cool. They're just kind of a weird band, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know, a lot of stuff like that kind of early. Uh and then I guess it was like in high school kind of found started finding my way toward like even more extreme stuff, you know. Um I remember like Mashuga was a, a, a band I really liked in high school. Mm-hmm. Um just I don't know. I don't know if you ever got into them, the whole polyrhythm thing. But, oh uh, yeah, I mean like cool. as a as a casual yeah. listen, like I never sure I never oh, got sure. I never got like I know their songs and stuff, but like I'd totally listen to it and be like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, gotcha. it's just like from a point of more of like awe, you know, just kind of like, "What like how do people even figure this out or like oh, decide that this is how they're gonna do music?" You know, it was sure, like, sure. It felt I, like I remember, it was above my pay grade, you know. <laughs> yeah, I do remember also like in middle school, like. uh bands that i guess i get i mean i guess they coined the term new metal back then but like i didn't really you know like i really liked the deftones yeah um you know come like uh even corn up to a point you know mm-hmm. um I, de- I definitely had like the first limp biscuit album you know stuff like that <laughs> yeah but uh i don't know yeah it was just you know just stuff like that i don't know yeah so a lot of those bands like they were like more like definitely more mainstream yeah yeah but like mashuga like how did you just like hear of them for example okay so uh them i heard of so there was this there was a like a record store in saint charles which is where i grew up it's like it's like a suburb of saint louis for anyone that might not know that but um so it's like uh there it was like a metal-based uh, store basically, and it was called Missing Link. And I remember like going, I would go there a couple times and pick like whatever. Uh, someone, this dude that I went to school with, uh, just mentioned, you know, one day, like, hey, have you ever heard of Meshuga? Dude, they're crazy, you know, kind of one of those <laughs> things. And uh, <laughs> and then I was like there and I saw, I, I think it was Destroy, Erase, Improve was the first one I got. And it was awesome. <laughs> like, cause I heard like that odd timing stuff kick in and it's like super aggressive for like that kind of timing. I don't know. It was just kind of cool. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I kind of like locked into that. And then I remember, I think the next time I went there, I got chaos fear and, uh, that one's like even more, it's like, that one's like more rhythmic than it is like, you know, and like, I guess it doesn't have like the, the kind of speed, but like the rhythmic aspect of it is like super cool. So, 
Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just like one of those bands that just like always kind of like was doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like even, even now, didn't they like, isn't like gent like the, that whole thing is like spawned off of that band and that band is like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, I would certainly I say that that's like the first band that I remember hearing that like would later be like called that or like, you know, a, sure. a, a like pioneer of that or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I just think that they do it better than like everybody too, just because their, their rhythms are so insane. Yeah. But uh yeah, I don't know. Even now, like I like I still love them and appreciate what they do, but I don't like you know, put that on for a listen, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um but I, I will check out stuff that they do just to, you know, experience it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, that that's this record store, did you find like a lot of like was that like your gateway into more obscure things or did you um come about? it was one it was one of the places i'm sorry it was no. definitely one of the places where you could get something mm-hmm. um that was more aggressive uh i remember i bought like children of Bowden or Bodum, however you say that i bought right. one of their cds there i don't know i liked a lot of metal stuff um i remember like you know because that was like when people had like dial up yeah internet or yeah. whatever I remember even like buying, I, you know, had bought a couple of CDs online or whatever that you couldn't get at like other places, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that back then. So yeah, I don't know, just kind of, just kind of crazy. Yeah, I didn't. I only made it there a couple times. They, St. Charles didn't really have like a whole lot of people that were into metal back then. So like, unfortunately, that place didn't last very long. Oh okay. Um yeah, like it's you know what I mean. Like even now, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of people there and I know heavy music is like probably bigger than it's ever been, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's one thing I was thinking about the other day is like, uh, you know, I feel like a lot of younger people now are into, um, I guess more electronic based music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it's weird. Cause like it used to be, you know, like a bands would make like, like a heavier album and like, I guess anticipate that it was like a lot of like more like teenagers and like twenties type people, um, probably the crowd for that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, now I feel like a lot of those people that like really liked it have all grown up. (laughs) So now it like, it might even be like, I don't know, people in their thirties, forties. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, um, I think it's hard for me to say cause I, you know, I like playing, uh, like screamy hardcore, screamo music, like whatever you want to, however you want to call it. Um, for, you know, like 24 years now, like I, I I definitely have like people that I've known that whole time that like are still into it. And then I also just like, because of the label, people sending me submissions and just, you know, being like sort of, active in the DIY realm, like, although it's mostly, uh, online now at this point, but, um, like I, I, I get to know like really young people as well. And, um, it's so, you know, it's, it, it could, it could be, it's just like, yeah, that's just cause like, that's who you still know, you know? I sure. Think, I think it's, I think there's definitely like with, I don't, you know, I was going to say that I, I, I think there's more electronic music available now that, that people have access to the programs and stuff to make it. But I also think the same thing about like screamo and emo and stuff. I think 
since people can get a drum program and just like put some riffs over it and do a demo like i think there's more a lot more like of that stuff too so without being very versed in electronic music i i really i don't know i couldn't make like a uh but i definitely like know what you're saying like um when we were doing shows at our old house back in like the late 90s they were all ages shows and yeah, like sure it, that was a, a huge point of contention you'd be like they have to be all ages because that's just the way it is and then it's just like when coma regalia first started playing in 2010 and we would go on a tour that was one thing that I would always clarify was were the shows all ages and if they weren't all ages we wouldn't take them but then the more tours we did like the more I realized like there isn't anyone here that's like you know what I mean under 18 or whatever you know or sure or it's like a whole tour would go by and you may you may see two teenagers like people under 18 rather not that 18 is not still teenager but like you know what i'm saying so it was like it definitely it definitely felt like what you were saying where it's like the same is crowd there, was just aging up yeah. you know yeah well i mean i would love to hear that there's still you know uh i guess more interest from the and i think that there could be you know like i'm not saying that it's not there but uh yeah I don't know. I think uh, another thing that a friend of mine pointed out to me was that, like, you know, a lot of different music tends to sound better over, like, your phone. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, like, say you click on something and you're just on your phone, and then, like, a lot of your, like, heavier music just doesn't sound good through a phone speaker. Yeah. So it's, like, harder for that to, I guess, you know, if they don't have, like, earbuds set up or something ready, you know what I mean? To, like, yeah. listen to it and hear it, like in a more fuller form, I guess. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, of course, like, you're supposed to do your mixes, like you're supposed to pump them into, into mono every once in a while to make sure your mixes are, like, sounding good and whatnot, even in mono. But, like, sure. nobody ever does that, because heavy music, you're like... I mean, I'm sure people do that here. Now I'm going to yeah. have people rolling their eyes at me. Yeah. But like heavy music is like two guitars traditionally. And it's like one guitar and one yeah. speaker and the other and the other. And that's the way you want to hear it. You want to hear those guitars like dancing in and out of your ears, you know? Like, yeah. And so listening to it on your phone, first of all, you're just losing that. Like, yeah, you're losing absolutely. That surround absolutely. experience. And like, yeah, I mean, elect there's electron there's tons of stuff in electronic music where they do similar things, but I could totally see just like a song that you just sort of is catchy and you just sing along to for a minute being like way more like, like way more like, um, listenable, you know, on, sure. on, on over a phone. phone. Yeah. 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 Cause it's got like such a smaller frequency, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's not prone to sounding blown out in the first place, you know? Yeah, like, sure. Which is, you know, like everybody's always trying to, like, high gain amps. Yeah, put those guitars up in the mix a little bit. Like, uh, they're, no, they're peaking right now. They're like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, like, better 
I always say the other trick is try and bring everything else down. <laughs> Leave the yeah. guitars where they're at. Bring everything else down. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Don't don't take mixing advice from me. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, mean, I would say the same thing. like at this point when you're just you know you're discovering like all these bands and stuff are are you like do you have a guitar at this point are you already like this oh i want to learn how to play guitar or Uh, um i think it was uh i didn't have one like yet but yeah it was somewhere in there that i I wanted to do it you know Uh um like probably i think uh i guess it was late grade school yeah i wanted to try it i well, funny enough, you know, they had like band or whatever in school and I tried the trumpet for like a couple weeks mm-hmm. or whatever. And I, I don't know, that's, I gave up on that really quick. And then I think what it was, was cause I was like, I just want something that sounds cool. You know, that you can put, have some gain on and like, yeah, I don't know, which not, not to say that no one can do that with a trumpet. Cause I do think it's possible, but, uh, yeah. I mean, as a fifth grader, I, I had no clue, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So yeah, kind of got into, I think I actually got a bass first. Um, and then like did that for a little while and then, uh, I just played it more like a guitar, you know? Yeah. And then that's when I, you know, kind of got a guitar and started getting into that whole thing. Um, yeah, there is a difference, you know? (laughs) For sure. What were you doing, um, to, to learn? Were you, did you have any like friends that were teaching you lessons? Like I took lessons on the bass from a guy for a while. And of course, you know, like one of the things, um, you know, like you would always have, you're doing like chromatic exercises and stuff. Okay. Um, which I've practiced like for like years, just like having no clue how they actually benefit me at all. You know, I just have done them because you know, I was told to do them like sure. real early or whatever. But, um, uh, I've gotten to a point with like picking where I've been like trying to analyze picking technique a lot more and it's stuff is, I don't know, like some of those exercises, I guess some of it makes more sense, like depending on what you're trying to do. Cause it's just like preparing you for, um, I guess weird situations that maybe don't, don't feel natural right off the bat, but then as you're, you know, you get going with them, you can feel it out and make it better. But, yeah. um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just kind of crazy. So yeah, I did take lessons on that for a little while. I'd say maybe like a year or two and then, um, and then quit taking lessons. Not really. Sh- I don't really remember why. Um, just kind of quit. And then I never really took lessons, but I would, I would, I was like always interested in like asking friends how to do things and, um, and vice versa, you know, showing each other stuff. So Mm -hmm. learned a lot of, about playing like that. And then actually these, the last, over the last couple of years here, 
I've been trying to like take myself back to more basic stuff. And I've been focusing on things like, you know, like note recognition on just, um, like all over the fretboard, just trying to like really hammer down knowing, you know, the notes, when to use what and why, you know, things like that. Um, like the, like the mental aspects of it. Yeah. That, yeah. and just like, and then just like literally like, uh, I guess the best way I could put it is like, as I'm like learning more about like it and how the notes kind of connect with each other or whatever, like throughout the fretboard. Cause it won't like one exercise I might do is I might write like a part and then like try and play it in as many different places across the fretboard as I can possibly do without like really trying to think about it a whole lot. So I've been trying to do things like that to like realize how it all kind of connects, you know, a lot more. Um, that's just stuff I've been doing recently and I don't know. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like, just, a, that's the kind of thing that I, I, in a way I wish I would have, I would have gotten involved in things like that when I was first starting, because I do not know how to, I do not even know how to pick like, a, I don't, know how to hold the pick i don't anything i just well like, yeah i think it's what the answer to that is really you know what's comfortable you know yeah yeah you gotta you gotta lead with that i think yeah. but then um yeah yeah i don't know like oh, oh, the other thing that i would say that i've been trying to work on is like knowing you know when i hit a note like if i'm like messing with improv which i which is funny because i don't really need to improv in the band or anything but like um i've been like messing with that like knowing like being I guess playing the note that I hear in my head is if that makes any sense. Cause oh, I can yeah, almost totally. always imagine a part over something, uh -huh. but I'm like trying to get as good as I can get at actually making those parts happen on the guitar. Yeah. So you're um, talking about like you hear the note and you automatically think that's like a B flat or, or you're, you're just talking about hearing it and then, Right now, right now, yeah, right now it's, yeah, like it's that, but yeah, but then also like also trying to be more conscious of like, okay, when you're playing and, you know, this scale or that scale, you know, just whatever the, the part is that just figuring out what the key of it is. And then, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Being able to like use that to your advantage, you know, like on, you know, writing more parts that connect, um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just trying to just trying to make it to where it just feels more secondhand, I guess. Yeah. Just, or just, well, maybe not secondhand, but yeah, just natural. Just yeah, I think this is why. I think I think I'm like connecting dots here. Why like people like other people's music like infinitely more than they like the music that I make because like I have no a clue, and like there is a there is there are like things that I wouldn't call them rules or whatever, but that's the closest sure. thing that comes to mind that make something more like palatable or pleasant. Yeah. Like, and, and you can break them too, to an extent, you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. you can definitely break them. Like, and in fact, I think like sometimes when you think you're playing in one key and you throw in like the note, that's like wrong, but mm -hmm. like, it feels good to go there, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. it's like sometimes figuring that out is pretty awesome too. So, um yeah i don't know yeah yeah there was a part i think there was a a point in um the the newest uh comer Gale album that we were writing where um jason was kind of like is that the right note and i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah tr trust me it'll be fine but um yeah i never i you know like um 
I don't know. It's like you said. It sometimes it feels good to go there. And sure. Sometimes you, like you're well aware that something else would be better, or sound better. But you're like, I don't know. Let's just do that one. Um, it might sound great in context with you know whatever's coming next, or you know, you yeah, just, yeah. It's 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 all exploring, you know, kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And it's also I don't know. I've I've gotten to this point where I don't. Uh, I don't even like, um, I don't know. This is going to sound like really pretentious, but I don't, you know, whatever. If you're still listening, then I guess I got you, you know? Um, yeah. but it's like, I, I've, I've, I've been in this weird headspace where I'm connecting all of these different, um, art forms that I participate in. And, um, sure. like, so that includes like drawing and, uh, making comics and stuff. And I'm like, so, so there's a thing where, like, uh, where, you know, in cartooning, you do all of this exaggeration for, um, just for the sake of it, be, because you, like, nobody's face looks like that when you're upset, right? But you make the face look like that because that, because that sends something to somebody's brain and you're like, oh, that's like this and it's it's similar to like screaming music where you have the the part where you can still hear the person like nearly crying like after the <laughs> vocals over you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. So, like, all these things we do all these cues to the aesthetic or the emotional like resonance like the vibe if you will that we're trying to get across you know and it's like yeah. in a drawing it can be like that person, that hat on that person is totally like, that's not how somebody would look with that hat on. But it's like the drawing is supposed to make this person look real screwed up, right? Like just, you know, something's not quite right, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's kind of the way I'm, you know, like when, when, when there's something in a song where you're like, um, now this is the part where things unravel. And so it's like, I don't really care if I, if my, if I didn't hit the snare, like at the exact, if I didn't hit it right, like while I'm coming to this transition, like I don't care if I, if the beat like dropped out, cause it's like supposed to create this feeling of, um, unraveling or whatever you know what i mean sure like sure and from a musical standpoint this is like something that people i wouldn't imagine see as anything but just like sloppy you know <laughs> just like oh wow that's kind of that's kind of shitty it sounds like this person's just can't you know like keep it together or whatever but like i i don't know i you do know. I get where you're going. It's like yeah. a, it's, it's the, it's kind of, you know, just a form of expression, you know? Um, yeah. it could be like, you know, all kinds of stuff really like just, you know, deep emotions with like, you know, representing, you know, something just kind of falling apart Yeah. or, sure. you know what I mean? Like in, you know, sometimes you get where I'm going, like a, yeah, just yeah. a dark mood or whatnot or, yeah. um, yeah, it's not, I mean, I think it's cool depending on, you know what I mean? Like it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. And- I mean, if somebody's, <laughs> like if you're just coming apart in the middle of the beat, you know, it's like, it's one thing, but it's like, even in like, mm, there are like some old punk drummers that I like Bill Stevenson's one of them that I can think of where it's like in, in the old descendants songs, like you would, it was like some of his fills, like they would start to feel like they were going to, like he was just gonna botch the beat, and then when he came back, it would just snap right back, and it was tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it and it's like it's there's all these, you know, um, like I just love looking at all of this stuff through like it's not just like people playing instruments, and not that there's anything wrong with that, but also just like just what are you trying to create like beyond that, you know, like what everybody knows like how. I mean, I think you do. Like you think, I think most people know this is how I imagine people are going to feel when they hear this song. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I, I, I get that. I, I yeah. definitely get that. Sometimes I feel like I get it wrong, but then other right, times right. I'm like, man, I think that they'll like it like this, but I, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, that that's like, I think that first intuition is like where you're like, I know this is going to make people feel like this. And so this other thing is like an abstraction of thought where you're like, how do I, like, what else can I do other than the music? And like a lot of times for people, that's the artwork. Like sometimes the artwork is a bigger deal than the album. You know what I mean? Like um, there's some really interesting like thoughts that I've had about like, you know, like what, how would, how would, a certain album that I've written be perceived with like the kind of artwork that like portrayal of guilt would use, you know what I mean? Or like, like sure. Just a whole completely different aesthetic. Yeah, visually. exactly. And like how, like how would people relate to those exact same songs when they're presented with a different thing? And so that's, Ooh, I, I think that's an amazing idea just to think about, honestly, just because yeah. I think people are very visual mm-hmm. with stuff. So I, 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 I mean, I'd love it if there was like someone that knew how to do like a legit study, <laughs> on, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. on, uh, like trying to measure what that actually would do, but yeah. yeah. Um, or if you could yeah, like, se- no, it's, it's a good thought for if sure. If you could somehow separate the internet into like two, like, two parts right and you could put out an album that had like this kind of artwork at like this extreme like like horror looking artwork and then you put out this other album and it looked like the cover of dookie it was the exact same album but two different covers and you just see how people yeah. responded to it it'd be it'd be interesting for sure um sure yeah so, so like once you um were you playing in bands like while you were playing bass or wasn't it or was it until like you I started mean, like, playing guitar so like when i was in like when i like did have a bass or whatever um there was i had some friends that like you know we were like oh we're gonna start a band and then like two of them had a guitar had guitars and then this other dude was gonna said he was gonna play drums and he had like a snare drum you know what oh, i mean okay. uh so we didn't really have a band we just kind of like you know tried to learn like as many cool like parts out of songs as we could and uh just whatnot and then um yeah i guess it was like around when i got a guitar or whatever like i started playing with these guys uh that i knew you know from just around you know mm-hmm. and um that was like i think we did i mean we did that band did like mostly covers you know so mm-hmm. they did like nirvana covers they did 
like half of a corn song, which is really lame, but hilarious now to look back on that. <laughs> um, yeah, just like a lot of stuff like that, you know? And then, um, yeah. Uh, but then like, I guess it would have been sometime after that when I like, that's when I was, I ended up not like playing with them long. Cause I just, I don't know. Guitar took me towards like metal. Like, you know, I really liked the, the heavier stuff with like just really heavily saturated, like mean tones and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, kind of went down that path from yeah. there. Um, how long yeah, was it then, until you were like playing in bands that were like playing out and writing your own songs and stuff? So that been, I guess it was probably, I started doing that when I was like, 16 mm-hmm. like and like we i remember jamming with people like even the guys that i'm in the vast with two of them were in the band that i was that like i was in when i was like 15 oh wow and then it became it later became that band became one cycle of her um when we did that band when i was i mean and that was like you know a couple of years later or something but um it was that and then um that was casey one of them casey oliver yeah, or did you meet no, Casey No, no. So the first band Casey Oliver and I played in was um, Orion Pax. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, the other two guys that I'm talking about, it's Alan Ballman and okay. Casey Borisaw. Okay. And, um, yeah, so we did, we did, you know, a band together real briefly when we were teenagers, and it was fun. And then I guess they, like, they were in their 20s when we did the next, like, version of our band or whatever. And then... Uh, that's when we did one cycle with her and that, and that was like when we were like really getting into like the harsher stuff, you know, like, um, you know, like we had found out who love lost, but not forgotten was, you know, and that like basically like changed, I think all of us on that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and it's the, the saddest thing is I feel like I should have like found out about them even younger, but, uh, so, uh, the, okay. So they played a couple, they played one thing that I was at, but then I, I left, early because the band okay so this band that was playing it was this thing called infest that um this guy i didn't know him at the time but it ended up being my friend shaggy um he rented out a room at the holiday inn and he like had a bunch of bands play and um but he booked like all like hardcore and punk bands and That's uh wild how, how yeah was it like the event room so, oh, well, the event dude, room. So, okay the, so the last band that I saw was this band called Out of Step. Um, they're freaking awesome, man. And, like, people were throwing, like, trash cans and chairs and shit in their pit. Um, it was it was pretty it was pretty awesome. Well, they, like, the PA blew or something like that, if I remember right. And we were like, oh, you know, we're, we're – um, so I, I skateboarded a lot back then. And I think I drove to the show because my friends were like, dude, just come on, man. The show's over. Let's go skate. So we were like leaving out. And we actually, funny enough, we at, we saw the dude that was doing vocals for Out of Step like outside. And we were like, he was skateboarding. And we were like, dude, do you want to go skate? And he was like, he was like, no, I got to help my band. You know, with the, he was being a good front man, you know, <laughs> helping the band. But yeah, so uh, anyway, we... Um, we were leaving and I didn't recognize him at the time, but it was, it was Scott from love lost. Um, cause I met him years later, but they were like him and the guy, uh, Justin Mank, who was in not waving, but drowning. I don't know if you ever heard that band. Yeah. Um, so those guys were like, Hey, are you guys leaving? And we're like, yeah, we're going to go skateboard. You know, the PA's done. They're like, Hey, we're going to get another PA. Don't go anywhere. Oh, <laughs> and so they let, like they left to get a PA 
And, um, but my friends were, you know, I, I, it sucks. I'm not trying to like, but they were like, let's go skate. Come on. man. So we went and skated, but my, uh, Alan was at that show that, uh, that I'm in, I guess these other projects with, and, uh, he was, he's the one that told me about it. He was like, dude, it was crazy. They said they put like, (laughs) yeah, basically one of those. And then, uh, like a, a year after that, I was working at Hardee's which was a terrible job, but I mean, I was 17 and, um, I remember the, so that guy Shaggy that rented the room, he used to pick up one of the guys that I worked with at Hardee's cause, um, they were like real good friends and they hit me up and they were like, dude, you should just call in sick and go to this show with us. Um, they're like, love lost is playing at the, at the high point. And you're like, but don't wear anything you ever want to wear again, you know, cause it's going to get destroyed just flat out. Don't wear it. And, uh, <laughs> so I was, I, once again, being, trying to be a good kid, I get, well, the other time I was skateboarding, but you get where I'm going. Uh, I, di- I didn't call in, I went to work, but that was, um, I've heard a lot of crazy stories about that show too. Apparently they like had like an amp almost fell over on someone and like just people stage diving off the bar and like all kinds of crazy stuff, apparently. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So anyway, then I think that what happened was, um, later on when we were like, I guess it was when I was 19 and we did one cycle occur and we started playing shows. Um, that's when I met Scott and he was like, we played a show at the creepy crawl, which was where he worked. And then he was like, dude, you guys should play with my band. And we were like, uh, I didn't know who he was. Right. Like at all. And he's like, I was like, you know, what band are you in? And he's like, I'm in love lost, but not forgotten. And dude, we were like, all like, <laughs> just like, yeah, we were like, it was just crazy. So yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, it just kind of blew our mind, and we got we got to play uh, a show with them. It was like right before they broke up, and then um, they did. They've done like a couple reunion shows over the years, and they're always freaking insane. Um, yeah, I don't know if they'll ever do it again, but uh, it'd be a boy can dream, you know. <laughs> I asked if, if that was Casey because like yeah you um so like in when you posted the Vast album uh you, you said something about like this is a band from like 16 years ago yeah oh 2006 ish yeah yeah that's 16 so that years was, yeah yeah so that would have been oh crap man <laughs> damn you're right I didn't even think about that I'm I might be that old I'm sorry no it's um, all good I just yeah um, yeah, no. So that, that was with Alan and Casey Borisaw. Um, and, uh, 
So that was the the two of them. And then, so Alan played drums in one cycle of Kerr. And then he didn't really want to play drums anymore. He was more like in this guitar. Mm -hmm. So when we kind of got together, you know, on that, um, I, uh, we had this guy drumming, his name was Alex Dixon and he was freaking amazing. Um, we got him and the, I guess like, you know, we started writing those songs. We had a different vocalist, Brian Beamer. He was the vocalist of one cycle occur, uh, when we did that. Um, so he was the original vocalist when we did the city sinking and, um, we, you know, started writing these songs and it, it was good. I mean, it was like it, the weirdest thing was like when we played the first show, like, I don't know, there was like a definite like vibe in the air almost type deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it was just huge and it was heavy and it was fun. And then the next time, you know, it was like one of those things where each time we played a show, like it seemed like people were more and more excited. People were like telling people word of mouth, Hey, come check out this band. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. And then, uh, basically what, ha- uh, what happened there. So Alex did, he was in school to learn how to do hair. Um, and he got a job in Atlanta doing like at a salon where they do like people's makeup for like CNN. Oh, wow. Um, like, yeah, they had like valet parking and everything. It was like some, cr- like, it was a crazy big deal. And like, you know, we were happy for him, but we kind of, we were bumming cause we like just got like all, like a bunch of songs written and like, we were like, trying we were in the process of writing a, an album basically right and um and he was like i got some bad news i'm moving to atlanta and we were like damn um and then he did come back and we played one more show with him and we had like you know our friend gork filled in on a couple shows for us on drums um and then you know then the the big long hunt for like a drummer that was like the right fit kind of kicked in and um I mean, we, we definitely jammed with a lot of people and it was just trying to find the right vibe, you know, like that, someone that felt like filled that missing piece. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I guess just like it felt right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, we did, we did find a drummer for a while. We jammed with this guy, his name's Alberto Patino. He's an awesome drummer. Um, just great dude. Just over time, it just like, I don't know, something about it just wasn't didn't sit quite right. I don't know. It just, um, I mean, he's, he's very free spirited on the drums when he plays and he, he improvs a lot and it's awesome. Actually, like his improv skills are huge, but yeah, sometimes it just didn't like kind of turn out like, you know, parts of it, you know, yeah, weren't like how we would plan it. If that makes sense. Cause yeah. we're like, well, like these songs were like when we did do them, we're definitely trying to like create a series of like exciting moments, I guess, mm-hmm. or whatnot. So, um, yeah, sometimes improving can take kind of the impact away from things like yeah. that. So. Well, the other thing is when you're trying to play guitar and sing, I feel like I, I need to I need to be able to count on things being where they are, or it's sure. too distracting for me. Like sure. when when like. I'm not talking about like every single hit or whatever, but when something doesn't go back where it's supposed to go, then like, I'm like, where am I at? Like, I can't, I have to, when I play guitar and sing, I don't know how it is for other people, but I have to forget that I'm playing guitar. Like, yeah. I have to just forget it and I have to I, just do it. Like, my body actually, just does it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, um, and so I that think- other distraction is like, it makes me go, oh my God, what was I doing? 
and then and then it's gone. Like I have no idea where I'm at. You know, I don't know. Sure. The, the best way I can describe it for me and the journey I've taken with it, because I I don't know, like it's been like I'm trying to push myself like every time I do like a new anything with it. I'm trying to push myself a step further with vocals. Uh-huh. Um, so the like, you know, like I don't know if you ever do any like hand synchronization exercises for the guitar where you're just trying to get your right hand and your left hand working like really good together. Hmm. Um, so I actually do that and then practice vocals with it as like a third thing. So it's like, I'm trying to sync my mouth up with my hands and it's like, I don't know if it's a, if you'd call that muscle memory or whatnot, but that's like essentially what I'm trying to do. Um, there's a couple parts where I have to keep the beat now because I like a real, like a real jerk. I wrote some vocal parts to, uh, to the other guitar <laughs> that's like playing like a different thing on some spots. Oh, so, oh. Um, so it makes it like that much more difficult, but I like, I'm up for the challenge, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. uh, so, and I, th- for, the other thing is I like surprise myself when I am able to pull it off. So it is pushing me further to like expand that, I guess. Right. So like, all right. So the band was called, uh, the city is sinking before. Yeah. And then, it sort of fizzles out and then you were, and then we had anodes for like a really long time. And that well, was, you had Orion packs first, right? Right. Orion packs. So what happened was when we were, uh, when this band kind of was like, okay, you know, this isn't like finding a drummer just hasn't worked out. And we're like, we were like almost just kind of like sick of like, just like trying to get it to work. I think at that point, mm-hmm. um, just cause it just, it wasn't going good, you know? And yeah. like, we had put like so much energy into like trying to get it, um, where we wanted it and it just wasn't working. And it felt like all the, like the drummers that we knew that probably could do it, um, either, you know, would have rather been in like a gent metal band or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or just whatever. And then like, I knew I did know Casey Oliver too, but that's where this is heading as I, I guess, uh, even back then, like he, like, so him and then Garrett that was in Orion Pax, um, they like had asked me to jam with them around that time because they're like, well, your other band doesn't have a drummer, so you should just play with us right now. Right. So I was jamming with them and then like, we just never really found a drummer for the other thing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of how that ended up like fizzling out. I guess we didn't really, you know, didn't have anyone, uh, lined up that was, I guess, gonna, you know, hold it, I, I guess on that. And then, so we did Orion Pax for like a year and a half, two years, something like that. And mm-hmm. then, uh, toward the end of that, as it was fizzling out, Casey and I weren't really ready to be done. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, let's do, let's start a band. And we had just met Sean, uh, from Iron Hills. Um, and we were like, dude, you, you know, you want to do this band with us? And he was like, all right. And then, uh, and then I don't know if you know how, Ka- you know, him and Katie were dating at the time. Right. And we needed, we needed a bass player. And she was just like, at, like hanging out at our practice. And she's like, you guys should let me play. And I was like, are you for real? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, all right, like, we'll Let's give you go. a shot. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. what's, what's up? Let's try it, you know? And um, so she like, I can't remember. I think she borrowed a uh, like an amp from somebody. I had a cab and then uh, I think she bought, I had a bass at the time too. And she borrowed that. And like, she came back with some stuff that she wrote that was like really, really good, you know, over like stuff that we had. And um yeah, I mean she she's probably she was probably the best like string player in anodes, you know. <laughs> yeah, I so, mean she yeah. had uh, she had like 
classical training as well, right? So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She played cello, yeah. or still does. I mean, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like you could. I feel like you could definitely, like, mm, there was something about the way that she uh, maneuvered through the uh, like structures of the anode songs that was definitely like I was always like, yeah, this is someone that like, like really knows what they're doing like not just in practice not just like because yeah she's played a lot but it but just like from a point of knowledge you know it was like yeah, yeah. she she always told me that when she wrote bass lines she was just trying to like add to something that wasn't there like she was trying to like you know what i mean like yeah, I'd, yeah that makes it's sense. a great way to think about it too like i try i've been trying to adopt like that idea to stuff yeah for sure if i'm like yeah. being asked to add something you know right so um, and yeah, I mean, Anna, it's like, we had so much, like, yeah, we had like some really good times, like playing shows with y'all and stuff. Y'all were always really great. Um, uh, I don't mean to like, just like skip over that, but you know, no, you're good. um, so how, so like what happens to where you're at, you know, a, a year or so ago or however long, you know, this, this new album's been in in the works like what happens to where it's like everybody is in the same headspace to like pick up where y'all left off in 2006 and like get back on these songs like were they the same songs that y'all were working on before or is it a little bit of uh new songs a little bit of reworking older songs like so there's yeah they're they're, they're essentially they're not, so they're not, they weren't all written in 2006. I think we disbanded this for the first time in like, it was like 2009 or 10. I don't know the exact year, but, mm -hmm. uh, so there's definitely, um, and there were some songs that we left out cause we didn't really, you know, like certain parts that in a weird way, we didn't really know how to approach redoing them. And even when we kind of like looked at them, we were like, yeah, I don't know, maybe that's not that good mm -hmm. in that way. Um, so we really only did like, we kind of settled for like, you know, these five or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so what had happened was, um, I mean, like it, toward the end of anodes, I mean, I was probably driving them nuts. Cause I was like, you know, one week I'd be like, Hey, I'm going to quit after we do this album, you know, like this last out, like I'll do this last album and then I think I'm done. And then like, and then like, you know, maybe a month later I was like, all right, yeah, you know what, maybe I won't be done, you know? And then like. A couple months after that, I'm back to like my mopey self where I'm like, okay, I'm really done after this. So, uh -huh. um, I guess, um, in like all of that or whatever, Alan actually hit me back up and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, would you want to do recordings of those with me? Um, he's like, I think we could get Casey to do bass. And he even actually at the time, we didn't even know we were going to have Casey Oliver like Alan was talking about um possibly like even just like doing some like finger drumming like a mix between like finger drumming and like slight programming I guess even you know po as a possibility you know what I mean just to mm -hmm. figure it out and then um when I like so he was like he did that and then he said but this time around you know since he loved all the handled stuff so much he was like I he told me he thought I should do the vocals which was huge to me because when we lost our when we lost our vocalist you know when he quit 
back when we were doing this before, I did want to do the vocals, but I w- I don't know that I was ready for it, if that makes any sense. It's weird yeah. how things work out. Like I had to like, I don't know, go do vocals in like other bands for, you know, years or something before it was like, I would have been ready for this one, if that makes any sense. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, so, so he asked me to do that. And then, so kind of like as when Anos was coming to an end, I, you know, told Casey, like him and Sean were doing Mystic Will already. And I told him, I, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to do this thing with these guys. He had heard these songs, you know, he knew them all. Um, and I was like, you know, it'd be sweet if we had a drummer because right now we're talking about possibly, you know, doing, you know, the finger drumming thing or just whatever. Because um, Alan's a freaking awesome drummer, man. He doesn't think he's any good, but he, dude, kills it, man. He's a freaking beast <laughs> on a drum set. So it's just kind of crazy. But, um. Yeah, but I told him, I told Colliver, I was like, you know, uh, you know, if you came along and did this with me, like we could probably do it a lot quicker and then get to, you know, work on some new songs or whatever. And um, realistically, he's really the only drummer I knew that I think would like really, you know, like know how to approach these, I guess, like for what we were would be wanting. And then so when we got back to it, you know, like so he agreed to do it. He said, you know um give me some time so like after anodes you know we gave him some time we said just let us know when you want to do i think we anodes played our last show in like september or something and uh he said give me till after the first of the year or whatever you know just so i can have just like a nice mental break and then uh so yeah so then i guess it was like after the first of the year or whatever we started writing on it and then you know bring coming back to these old songs and then but our bass our bass player, the other case, he wasn't quite ready because he had just had a baby. <laughs> so we told him, you know, take as much time as you need, you know, whatever. We're mm-hmm. going to start trying to figure out the guitars and maybe start, get, you know, teaching Casey some of these parts. Um, and then, uh, you know, then, you know, that was in 2020. And then um, coronavirus hit, you know, mm-hmm. in March. So we didn't practice for very long. You know, once that hit, you know, we were with everyone just not practicing. Mm-hmm. so uh so every every bit of it that we had done you know what i mean when we came back to it i mean he remembered some of it but we had to kind of like rerun square one you know? yeah 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 basically squared up again and then um so the big thing is like we told him also like with approaching these because he's heard the the demos that we did of them um before and we told him you know like hey we want you to like make these your own but then like also just like try and keep it as true as you can to like the feel that you know, you think we're going for on it, I guess. Like, yeah. you know, and we would kind of like spell that out for him if he needed it, but he dude's kind of like pretty awesome. So, oh, yeah. um, yeah, we just, you know, we just kind of like let him do his thing on it. And then there, there might've been some parts where we had some suggestions here or there. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's just, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, just what, every time seeing y'all play was just like just watching him play was just like jeesh you know <laughs> yeah yeah from? but yeah it's a it's i awesome. get it sometimes i can't believe i get to like play in a band with him you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah. it's just like holy moly yeah for sure um so yeah the re- you know the reason why i asked that is because it's like it definitely you know the album definitely does not feel like songs that people wrote like 16 years ago like it feels like a progression like from like you know it 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 doesn't feel like 
Like I still hear a lot of anodes in it, you know, but like it feels like that's the next step that you would take after anodes to me, if that makes sense. It doesn't sound like going back to something that was before you kind of found your groove or whatever, you know? So I think what you're hearing on that, in my opinion of what I think it is, is okay. So Alan, like some of the craziness of this band is definitely Alan. Alan's like one of my, you know, he's like one of my favorite guitar players. The dude is just crazy creative. Just always has just no shortage of wild chords, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just like, and it's always something, you know, like it may be out of left field, but he's, and he's very critical of himself too. Um, like, cause he, he, you know, I don't know. He's, he's just, I don't know. Dude's an artist, you know? So Mm -hmm. he's just constantly doing what he can, I guess, to, um, to push himself on, you know, um, melodies or whatnot. And, um, yeah. So I feel like my style, like at one point, like in even much of anodes was me like really, really wishing that I was Alan. I'll flat out say that. I don't (laughs) even care. That dude. I mean, he's just such an awesome guitar player, just a cool human. Um, he makes awesome like visual art too. He did the album cover. Um, he did, all the, uh, the anodes, like the, you know, the self-titled and the diodes and cathodes, uh, he did those album covers for us. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's, he's just always been just an awesome friend and just, um, I don't know. He's and like, it's funny too. Cause like he'll joke about like how he doesn't like know a whole, whole lot about music either. Like, and, but he's so awesome. I don't know. He feels it out really good. I'll just say that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, I mean, so maybe that's kind of it is like, like, because like I even like just in terms of craziness, like capabilities on like just buck wildness on guitar or whatever you want to word it. Um, I think Alan can definitely top top me by several notches on that. So maybe that's kind of part of it. I don't know. Like, like him and I, I feel like balance each other out really well. Um, but then, and then, and you know, with Sean, I balance we balance each other really well too, but it was just different, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah. Yeah, that's the way. I mean, that's the like that's the thing. I think as a guitar player, when when you're gonna play with another guitar player, that's the thing you're really like looking for, you know? And, yeah, uh, like a a connection somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that we missed that you wanted to talk about, like? we should throw in there before we go i mean not i mean not really not i mean i'm just you know chatting with you yeah Um, yeah, for sure yeah i don't know i mean i i guess the big thing i'd say with that if anyone's listening and you haven't checked it out yet um we would definitely love it if you gave it a listen uh these are songs that i mean we me and some friends wrote you know a long time ago and definitely haunted us in our heads forever because we just had to put it down on a recording had to um oh i will say uh one other thing with that with you saying that it feels like it was um like uh not songs from old i did uh so all the lyrics on it are all fresh that's all that was all written recently um two of the songs did have different lyrics on the demo with our old vocalist but that was all he ever wrote um yeah, so I did. I did change those up because I was. I don't know. It felt kind of dated and didn't feel right using someone else's lyrics that you know from forever ago either. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so I just you know wrote new ones. 
um, I feel like it went pretty well. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you had like, you know, 16 years of writing lyrics experience. Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I started writing lyrics for it, I think, in like 2020. So oh, okay. it's not like I had like 16 years right away. But I guess in a way I did. Yes, yeah. yeah, well, sort of. And that was my conversation with A.J. Hofstetter. Thank you so much, A.J., for taking the time to chat with me. Also, thanks to Old Press Records for sponsoring today's episode. To sponsor an episode, get a hold of me on one of the social media pages or send an email to middlemanrecords at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Until next time, take care and do good things. <laughs>